Dr. Alan Leica here, and I'd like to welcome you to How to Live a Fantastic Life Show, where we will be discussing the important aspects of your life. We hope to inspire you to live the best life you can. Get out of your comfort zone and explore the awesome world around you. Break through your barriers. Take inspired action. Use the difficulties in your life to achieve the best version of you. Ladies and gentlemen, our next guest is Beth Thorpe, and she's a philanthropist, an author, a speaker, and co-founder and executive director of the Mitchell Thorpe Foundation, a public 501c3 organization. The mission is to help support families with children who suffer from life-threatening illnesses, diseases, disorders, provided and provide financial, emotional, and resources in their desperate uh, situation. Beth's new book was written as a labor of love uh, about her son, Mitchell, who passed away from an undiagnosed illness after five years of searching the planet for answers. This journey took her through a lot of of times and allowed her to see things through a different point of view. Welcome, Beth. Oh, thank you for having me here today. So tell me about you and and your family's journey uh, through Mitchell's disease. Oh, it was a journey. That's why we called it a journey. Um, It started, obviously, like you said, in memory of our precious son, Mitchell. Uh, At the age of 13, he started experiencing severe headaches that wouldn't go away. And, you know, as any parent, you kind of follow the normal routine. And we hardly ever went to the doctor prior to this, maybe occasional earache here and there. But you go to the pediatrician and then they, you know, they give you a whole list of things to try. And and so you follow the protocol. So kind of we. We're doing this every day and then kept checking the boxes off of things that uh, could have been the issue. Um, But then when things were not getting better, we really began to think something is seriously wrong more than an occasional headache or the flu or anything else like that. So we began to dig deeper. And um, so the symptoms, just to speed up the story, came on at the age of 13 and progressed Every year as we traveled throughout the United States looking for answers in and out of different doctor's office, Western medicine, we went to integrative medicine, we did it all trying to get people to help him. We had people praying over us, we know we're very faithful, a family, and um, ultimately he succumbed at the age of 18 and passed away in Texas in the hospital. And it was one of the hardest days, I have to admit, for our whole family Um, And from that tragedy, we just had to move forward uh, with what we uh, developed, which was the Mitchell Thor Foundation. What was Mitchell's diagnosis when he died? Well, even at that point, um, it took us a hard time just even, you know, in the hospital, uh, reading the autopsy report, it said undetermined. And you're like, what do you mean undetermined? You know, the mystery of everything that from the big get-go was so confusing 
for us because you're relying and trusting on the medical world to find the answers. We're not the experts. <laughs> but then again, my husband and I were doing our own research. You know, what's causing this? We're trying to figure it out for ourselves and then trying to, you know, share with doctors. Have you thought about this? Have you thought about this? And then you thought, well, what about that? And then, then to this day, some people, there are some children right now that we are helping that have very similar symptoms to what Mitchell had who are suffering from Lyme's disease and Bartonella disease and all those kinds of underlying conditions that are very hard to detect in blood work. And because Mitchell had every blood test and MRI and CT scan and everything kept coming back negative normal. Over the years, now granted Mitchell passed in 2008, over the years, these tests have gotten better to identify these markers. But back in when Mitchell was walking this walk, they were not. And then doctors, unfortunately, when things weren't clear, they said, well, it must be all in his head. And you're like, oh, oh no. You think my son wants to be like this? He was an athlete. He played baseball. He loved, he wants to be on the field with his friends and having a good time. He was a 4.0 student and you're trying to explain all these things. So the doctors, yes, I say, you have to run your tests, then run your tests. And then the psychologists say, no, it's not in his head. And you want to bite your tongue like, you know, really? I could have told you that. But, you know, you have to allow them to do their tests. And so you do to rule, again, everything out. Yeah, so exactly. unfortunately, yeah, I, well, I, I know what you're talking of, Beth, because in 2003, I was walking with my wife in Disneyland and I developed a right foot drop and, you know, we couldn't find a cause for it. And so I went through a gazillion uh, dollars of testing and I went through every test known to man. Yes. At the end of it, the doctors just said, you have ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. You have six months to live, get your affairs in order. Mm. You know, so I, I wouldn't take that for an answer. And I searched and I searched and I searched. And back in 2003, you know, this wonderful thing called the internet was invented. And uh, it was very primitive back then. Mm-hmm. You had dial-on connections and everything for that back then. So you had to really have somebody to help you search because you couldn't do it yourself. Right. And I was able to find a doctor in Colorado Springs, Colorado, that had a very similar diagnosis who ended up to have chronic Lyme's disease. And so mm -hmm. I got in touch with him and uh, he was able to put me on the right track. And that's why I'm still here 20 years later, because of the the tests that were done and the treatment that was done. And it, it allowed me to do that. And I, I encourage anybody who has a disease that is unknown or certainly to consider Lyme's in the differential diagnosis, because yes. it is very, very, very common. And it its symptoms is that it mimics everything. And so everything, exactly. Every, and the problem is difficult to diagnose. And the problem is doctors don't even consider this diagnosis. And uh, many doctors don't even believe that chronic Lyme's exists. And exactly. To this day. And here we are. I know that because of the children that we're helping the families and they have to pay for all this out of pocket. Much of it's not covered under insurance here in the United States because we have a different medical care system. Everyone carries their own private insurance. But some, it's just, it's just devastating. Um, but, you know, over the years, 
I've collected many books already when people um, have are trying to make a breakthrough. It's tough to diagnose and it's tough to treat. And uh, there are clinics where there's a child that just left and came back from Germany. And there's a clinic over there that specializes in this and cancer treatments and Lyme's disease and was there for a whole month. So I'm very curious to see how her outcome is. She just returned home last week. So went through underwent a lot of different types of treatments, but I'm very curious and anxious to see. And well, hopefully, hopefully it's a positive outcome because that's, that's the end of the day you want. This is something that needs to be just on the forefront of, of a cancer diagnosis. It's to me, it has to be up there because you know, we're raising millions of funds to cure cancer, but we need to get to the heart of this, of, of Lyme's disease. Well, there is a, uh, a center that I recommend, and it's ILADS, I-L-A-D-S. It's the International Lyme and Associated Disease Society that mm-hmm. is in the United States. And they have people that are honest about this disease. They have people that are knowledgeable about this disease. And that is one of the few organizations I find useful for people uh, to, to get some valid information on this disease. So uh, I don't diagnose people anymore. I don't uh, do that thing anymore. I'm out of medicine now. But the answer is, this is an organization I've come to respect because of their their knowledge in this in this process, and they can put people on the pathway to finding, uh, you know, education, uh, disease, a, a community that has medical professionals that understand this disease, mm-hmm. and helps people. They also sponsor events that are really good that help people to to understand this, and so that it helps people to know this very well and helps people to get possibly the right treatment for it. That's true. Cause like in your case, in many cases, when they can't figure it out, many of them go undiagnosed like my son, or they misdiagnose. Yeah. And, um, and, and that's throw, unfortunate. And they throw up their hands and they say, well, and we don't know what it is. Well, that's not the right answer. When you don't know what it is, you should be digging and digging and digging and digging until you get the right answer. I know. I know. Well, you should be an advocate for the whole medical team. <laughs> the medical world needs to, but I understand they all are so specialized in their own areas that when you get into something a little, that's very out of the norm and not cut and dry you know, you all you, we were hoping for and praying for was one of those eccentric doctors that think out of the box that, you know, and we did see many. And he actually, Mitch started to have some hope when he came out of the hospital after 30 days. And then we, when they finally told us, take him home and make him comfortable, basically put him in hospice care and palliative care at the time, uh, we weren't ready to give up on him. So at that time he had a G2 because he couldn't swallow. He couldn't, function. He couldn't speak. And um, we started organically juicing everything and filling him full of nutrients through his G2, which he couldn't take through the mouth. We brought on an osteopath um, who specialized in some integrative type techniques from Germany and um, put him on different things. And so we started to see, because we had to watch his body language, we slowly, slowly began to see him take his hand away from his head because there was 
And he said, there's definitely, you know, the, the inflammation, there's things going on in his system that's causing this head pain. And uh, slowly you start to see that. And that's all we were hoping for is getting him out of pain. It's like we were chasing pain all the time. And uh, so that did help for a while there for about a year. And, but then it didn't cure him. Does that make sense? It just it kind of kept him alive for about another year. And, uh, and yeah, unfortunately, um, again, we kept searching for more answers. So ultimately in the deepest part of our pain and grief, you know, during that time was not an easy walk for any family or marriage to go through. We saw it in our own lives and, um, it was really God speaking to my spirit when I was in curled up in a ball, didn't want to be on the planet anymore. And he spoke within my spirit cause I'm a faith filled woman and, those that believe in him, he will speak to those in some fashion, whether it's through your spirit that illuminates your mind with a thought, he might speak through others to bring you knowledge. And you're just like, where did that come from? And you know, directly it was from him. And he told me, this is not the end. This is the beginning. And I sat up and in my bed and I said, what, what does that mean? This is not the end. This is the beginning. So I write about that in my book. And then, then my husband just a week prior was in the local church here and he was coaching two boys in baseball at the time. My husband played for the professional baseball with the Dodgers in the farm system before he retired after an injury, but uh, was coaching two boys that had Hodgkin's lymphoma. Another had a non-Hodgkin's both families trying to make ends meet trying to figure it out. Everyone wanted to help. And then he felt that strong calling saying, you know, God spoke to my spirit Beth, and we need to form a foundation or a bridge to help many families going through what we went through. There was nothing out there that had anything like this. And when he came home to tell me that I said, you want to do, you want to do what? I said, what? what? We know nothing about starting a foundation. What do you mean you wanted to start a foundation? And then I began to sit back and think, Oh God, is that what you meant? that this is not the end, but this is the beginning. And slowly, one child at a time, we began, we got on our hands and knees, we filed all the paperwork. My husband was really good about that, setting up the organization. And you have to set it up very thoroughly here in the States, you know, all your bylaws and your guidelines and everything, all the, all those things in place. And uh, we started with those first two boys. And here we are now going on 14 years later. We've given back over 3 million back into the community, helping other families and children fighting for their tomorrows. So, you know, you never know uh, why, um, you know, God can take a tragedy and turn it for good for his glory. So that's what brings us to the book of why I wrote it. And right now, at this point, looking back, I can see it through his eyes, not mine. Because when you're in it, in the thick of it, you can't see through the nothing. It's just like, where are you, God, in the midst of all this? He was there. He was lining people up along the way, all that five-year journey. But it's so, the mysteries of God, I can't even explain it. I don't even know. I will never know, probably till I get to heaven. And he can show me all the children and the families that Mitchell has touched through us. So well, during, that's, that's yeah. the Beth, and I, I'm going to have to pause now for a bit of a commercial break. Okay. So stay tuned. 
Okay. Well, we're back now with a very fascinating person. Her name is Beth Thorpe, and she had a tragic result of her son who passed away at the age of 19 with an undiagnosed illness. Now, the beauty of this, and I say the beauty is it resulted in a couple of things. One is Beth ended up writing a book called A New Creation. And she also started a foundation, a nonprofit organization to help others with children similar to her son. Now, that is the miracle of this. You know, when you go through a situation when you are you or a loved one is dying, you go through the phases of death and dying that uh, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross wrote in a book on death and dying. And you go through anger, you go through bargaining, you go through denial, you go through depression. And, and Beth, I'll guarantee you went through each and every one of those phases. Oh, yes, it was. It, uh, you're exactly right. There are stages of grief. And, uh, and for, for me and for personally, the first feeling is, was shock when he passed. And that's the feeling that you are like, I was numb. You're in shock. And, and then you move into the stage of denial. This can't possibly happening. Please wake me up from this horrible dream. Right. So you're in that denial stage and that's when the anger will kind of fester in and, and people need to understand people grieve differently. So this is just how I grieved and everyone experiences it differently. But anger can result in the bitterness uh, and then turning against God. Why did you take this? Why did you take my son? And the bitter, and then the anger turns to bitterness. And then they become, if, that, if, if you can't move out of that phase of anger and bitterness, you're going to stay there. And that's not a good place to be for anyone and for yourself. And you're right. You can be bargaining with God. If someone's dying, Lord, I'll just heal him or her and I'll live for you. You know, you're bargaining with the Lord, but you know, it's not our will. It's his. I learned that. And the other part is depression. And that's not a good place to be either. And that's kind of where I was headed. And the part of the problem is when you, 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 you the deeper the love for that person is the heart of the grief. And usually losing a child is one of the most horrific things that can happen to a family, to a marriage, to anyone. And it took me down to what they call now complicated grief. And I knew that if I didn't seek help, that this was not going to be good for me, my husband, or my other son. So I encourage people, if you're experiencing anything like that, seek help. And in my case, I had to seek our spiritual counselor through our church who does professional counseling that took my husband and I through um, a session privately. And you have to feel very comfortable because this was five years of ongoing. So part of that healing was forgiveness. And she had to take us through an exercise of learning to break things off and forgive the doctors that couldn't find the answer. Forgive people that said things that they shouldn't have said. Forgive family members that should have been there that weren't there. You know, all that festering that's, that happens inside a journey like this. She says, you, you can't move into the light of God's glory until you break this stuff off of you and out of your own spirit for you to move forward. 
And one thing I'll never forget her, what she said to us was a big aha moment. So she took my husband and I through this exercise. My husband was a bawling mess on the floor. So was I, but we had to get that all out of our system so it wouldn't fester for us to move forward. And then you can move forward into the next stage of acceptance and hope. And then you begin to look now I am, I can talk about it much better now than I could back then, but you can now remember your loved ones with fond memories. And so we'll laugh and we'll smile and we'll go, Oh, do you remember when Mitchell did this and that, you know, you, you can begin to do that. For people who lose someone very quickly, like to suicide or whatnot, that's so tragic and so quick, they end up, it's hard to move them into that place. So I always say to them some tips, maybe sit down and write a letter to that loved one of what you want to say or couldn't have the ability to say. Um, All those things that start creating a scrapbook of memories Find things that you can honor the child or the person you loved in their memory of something that they love. Maybe it's a cause that they loved and maybe go do something for that cause. You know, whatever it is, you know, someone could play plant gardens. Someone liked the garden. So I'm planting this garden in memory of my loved one. You know, whatever it is, then you need to start some of those little exercises to move you through what I call traveling through this grief process, because it is real and it is hard. And, but you can get to the other side of it. And that's the important thing is it's very hard to realize that there is light at the end of the tunnel when you're going through the process, but the process almost always make a person stronger, almost always make the person better almost always takes a person to a new level that they wouldn't have been at if they allow it to happen. Oh, so true. It was for us. It was like putting us through the refiner's fire. And after that healing session that I talked about earlier, the very next day, it was like such a transformation. I woke up and looked in my husband's eyes. I said, I don't want to do anything else on this earth unless it has eternal significance. And he looked at me and he said, well, okay then, (laughs) you know, well, okay then. And it was like my, I was such a strong conviction that all of a sudden you're right. It was like this, this force that was in me that for me, it was like the enemy messed with the wrong mama and Papa bear. And, and that force just, I don't know where that came from, from God above filled my husband. And I was such a, strong movement of we have to do something. And that's what propelled us to this stage of taking this tragic loss that had no understanding or meaning. And I told my son, I would never let him die in vain that I would take and carry his name forward. And he would, he continues to live through us. So his legacy of living through us and God, and that's how I write the book because really it's a Testament and a witness for Christ living through us as we document everything that we went through and, and witnessed, even after his passing, I had to document and photograph all the signs and wonders of how God was showing Brad and I specifically in my family. I've got him. He's home. He's with me. And I made him a new creation in Christ because he's with me. Beth, 
we're almost at the end of our time together. And I know you've said the answer to this already, but I'd like you to say it again. This show is called the How to Live a Fantastic Life show. How do you live a fantastic life now that you've gone through the grief process? Well, my fantastic life now is looking back and looking at all the families and the children we've helped and seeing the sense of relief on some of the families' faces and the children that we've helped. It's brought healing to our souls. It's brought passion and purpose uh, to my family, to my husband and I. And it is not an easy thing to do what we do. Not everyone goes and does this, but we were chosen and we heard God specifically to speak to us about it. So we got to it. So for us, when we hear the voice of God speak, you got to move. You can't ignore it. And if you ignore it, he will won't not love you. He'll just find another way to do it through someone else. So we knew we had to move forward with it. So the book just came out recently this year. It's only been out now four months by Morgan James Publishing. You can buy it anywhere online or anywhere books are sold. And uh, it's titled A New Creation. Yeah, that's called A New Creation. Remember that, ladies and gentlemen. Where can people find that, Beth? Yes, online, um, wherever books are sold, wherever people like to buy their books, Amazon, um, bookstores, you just have to ask for if you're going to a bookstore, you'd have to ask for the new creation by Beth Thorpe. If you want a personally signed copy with an inspirational message in it, you can just go to my website, anewcreation.org. And uh, there you can order the book there as well. And every book purchase goes back to help another child fighting for their tomorrow. So all the proceeds go back into the foundation. And if anyone wants to learn more about our foundation, they can go to the mitchellthorpe.org and learn more about what we do. Can you spell that please? Because not everybody is going to spell that the same. Yes, exactly. Uh, it's Mitchell, M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L Thorpe, T-H-O-R-P.org. O-R-G. Wonderful. You know, Beth, I, I've got to thank you so much for spending this time with us. I know every time you say this, it still opens a wound inside of you, but that wound is a healing wound. And when you cry, it's tears of joy now rather than tears of regret. And yes. you do that through your actions that you do every day helping people on this planet, getting through their grief and getting through those times and also giving them hope when there is no hope. Exactly. That was our dream. You know, that is what God used us to do, to be the light in the dark and just to be there for families and, um, and children who need to know that there is hope at the end. And so it's beautiful to see all that through all the stories. We could go on forever, all the stories that happened through all these children and families. But it's a beautiful thing to see. Like I said, it's brought um, a miraculous life now for my husband and I. We've never looked back from what we did before previously in our lives. We just move forward now. And this is what we do. Well, thank you, Beth, for being here. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to us today. And Go to my website, Dr. Ellen Leica, D-R-A-L-L-E-N, 
lycka.com. And make sure you sign up for a golden pearl a week because there you'll find some inspiration to carry you to new levels, no matter what difficulty you're having in your given day. Thank you again, Beth. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to How to Live a Fantastic Life. Be sure and pick up a copy of Dr. Laika's book, The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life, on Amazon.com. And you'll want to subscribe right here on this page so you don't miss a single episode. Have a fantastic day. Oh, 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 oh